0: Welcome to On the Way, where we walk through scripture in episodes that are short enough that you can listen to them on the way to your destination and deep enough to help you on the way to becoming who God created you to be. We are being sanctified. We've not yet reached perfection, we are not yet in heaven, but we are on the way. Welcome to episode 34 of On The Way. We're starting today at Luke 12, 13. Remember, this big middle section of Luke is a journey. Jesus is taking his newly formed Israel, aka the church, to Jerusalem. It's a journey. And on this journey, Jesus is teaching and telling stories and the crowd that is following him continues to grow. It's the follow me phrase in action. He's teaching them to learn while they go on the journey. And the primary message that Jesus is teaching them in this section is generosity. You can't avoid it. Jesus is always talking about God's provision and wealth, possession, and money. He's showing them that following Jesus is like being on the road. It should produce this minimalist mentality. He talks about freedom from possessions that allows for radical generosity And it's this message that sets up the reality of what happened in Luke's second book, Acts. In Acts, we see a church that has adopted Jesus's minimalist teachings, and they are extravagantly generous. One guy asks Jesus to settle a dispute between him and his brother about who gets his father's inheritance. And Jesus pretty much tells the guy to let his brother have it. Jesus tells a story about a rich guy who has too much stuff and says, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Then Jesus turns to his disciples and and he delivers the famous teaching of the ravens and the lilies. He says, God feeds them and you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Luke 12, 24 through 25. We're so tempted to focus on having what we need and what we want that we fail to prioritize our Christian mission. He says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. Luke 12, 31 through 33. Sometimes Jesus' teachings sound illogical, don't they? Um, Jesus, if I don't worry about what I'm going to eat, I will starve. And to that, Jesus would say, exactly, don't focus on your life in this world, focus on the next. And he says, wherever your treasure is there, the desires of your heart will also be, Luke 12, 34. And doesn't it sound like he, he got it backwards? We expect him to say that our treasure will follow our heart. We expect him to say that we'll buy the stuff that our heart wants. But he says, actually, the opposite is true. When you buy stuff, you're changing the priorities of your heart. Your stuff literally affects your spirituality. Your stuff affects your heart. Then Jesus starts talking about traveling light. Jesus could come back any time. So be ready. I hate storing stuff. If I haven't used something recently, I get rid of it as fast as possible. Why? Because I hate moving. I never want to be one of those families who need an entire semi-trailer to move. Too many possessions hold us back. They take up our time, our money, and our focus. Jesus says, you also must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when we least expect it. So let's go. Let go of your stuff. And the bonus is a blessing. When we manage what what he has given us and we manage it well, he trusts us with more. This is where Jesus talks about a servant who's managing a house for his master. If the servant does well, he'll get more responsibility. But if he uses the master's wealth to party, he'll lose all his responsibility or worse. If a servant knows what he should do and doesn't do it, there will be a severe punishment. He says, when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will will be required. How wealthy are we? How much have we been given and how much then is required of us? Then we take a hard right turn and get these crazy verses where Jesus says, verse 49, I have come to set the world on fire and I wish it were already burning. I have a terrible baptism of suffering ahead of me and I am under a heavy burden until it is accomplished. Luke 12, 49 through 50. What's Jesus saying? Well, remember the Jonah analogy from last week? Jesus is saying, this is life or death we're talking about. It's not some small suggestion. If you don't get this right, there's literally hell to pay. This earth will burn to make way for a new earth. And there is an entrance exam for the new earth. Some people are going to choose Christ And their relatives won't. It's that sad. It's hard truth. There's a judgment coming. Some will be judged righteous. Others will be damned. He illustrates this by giving a parable of two people going to court. He advises them to settle their their disagreement before the judgment comes. Because if you arrive at judgment before you are justified, then you will be found guilty. And the sentence will be death. Get justified before the judgment comes. So then in chapter 13, Jesus commands us not to judge and to repent. Pilate killed some people for breaking some Jewish laws. And Jesus says, do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than all the people from Galilee? Luke 13:2. who is Pilate to judge? He's a sinner too. Worry about your own sins and repent. Then Jesus tells a story of a fig tree that wasn't producing fruit, but the gardener gave it grace. He didn't cut it down. Instead, he gave it another chance to bear fruit. We often look at sinful people and write them off. Even though we're sinners too, we judge them. But God, who is perfect, gives them grace. His mercy is new every morning. Then one day Jesus healed a woman on the Sabbath. Again, he's intentionally breaking Jewish law. And the religious leaders were furious, so Jesus called them hypocrites. They were judging other people for working on the Sabbath, but because they were just using religious laws to get their own way, they had carved out exception sins for their laws, and they they would allow them to work on the Sabbath, but not others. Again, don't judge others. Look at your own sin. Then Jesus gives two metaphors of his kingdom. He says, it's like a mustard seed. It starts small, but it grows huge. He said, it's like yeast. A little bit of yeast can make a huge impact. In this section, we get rapid fire lessons, but we got to keep going. Then Jesus gives this teaching about the narrow door. Earlier in the passage, Jesus talked about houses that would be divided against themselves because some would choose to follow Jesus and other relatives wouldn't. The second half of Luke 13 continues that thought, but with a different metaphor. He says, everyone is welcome to come into the master's house. But there's only one way in. If you try to get in through a back door, if you try to get in by being good enough, then you won't get in the door at all. And when the door shuts, there's no more chances. So get right with God before the judgment comes. Then Jesus begins to grieve for Jerusalem. He recognizes that many people won't choose to enter through the door before it closes. Their pride is too great. They're still trying to save themselves with the law. Okay, that gets us to the end of chapter 13. If you're getting together with a group to discuss this episode, we've included some discussion questions in the show notes. And if you have time, spend a few moments in prayer before your gathering. Ask God to use these passages to form you into the person he created you to be. Thank you for joining me for this episode of On The Way. Here are the discussion questions for this episode. Number one. Accumulating earthly treasures causes people to neglect spiritual things. How should people who have significant wealth avoid this problem? Luke 12.21 Number two. Practically speaking, how should we apply Jesus' command not to worry about what we will eat? Should we stop grocery shopping? Luke 12.22 Number three. What should we do to prepare for the return of Christ? Luke 12.40 Number four. Read Luke 12, 54 through 56. How can a weatherman's ability to predict the weather compare to our ability to predict the future of the church? Number five, Luke 13, 24 says the door to God's kingdom is narrow. What are the methods that some people will try to use to enter the kingdom but fail?